This episode of our This Week in XR podcast is sponsored by Zapper. Zapper is one of the world's leading XR companies. Over the past 12 years, they've won numerous awards for memorable campaigns. They've democratized AR by making tools and SDKs that anyone can use. And they created Zapbox, the world's most affordable mixed reality headset. Most recently, Zapper worked with Unilever to create an enhanced QR code called Accessible QR, which enables packaged goods to speak to the blind and partially sighted. If you're thinking XR, give the team at Zapper a call or visit Zapper.com to see how they can help you on your XR journey. Good morning, everybody. I'm Charlie Fink with Ted Shilowitz for This Week in XR. It's November 10th, 2023. Ted, here we are again. Morning. Um, it feels like at this point, it's like putting on a, a well-worn sweater every week. But, uh... <laughs> That feels good, and we kick around uh, the news. Roni uh, has to be off this week. We often have to sort of rotate out on our off weeks because you know we do have other lives beyond this little thing. No, this do. is this uh, is why we have three hosts. Exactly. So uh, wow, big, big, yeah, news super week. busy week. Big news week. Yeah, lot lots going on this week, um, including the fact that in our, in our world on the entertainment side, it looks like the SAG strike is finally. Uh, over and uh, we'll be in the rearview mirror, rearview mirror very soon, and uh, we'll move on with our entertainment lives. Making what's going to be really interesting is to see now that they decimated all of the support system that movies depend on. Um, you know, because it wasn't just the actors who were on strike; it was you right. know the Teamsters and uh, the film workers in IATSE. So it'll be interesting as they try and ramp up quickly and do a lot of shows at once. Whether they're going to run into a labor shortage, yeah. I think they will. Yeah, the downstream effect, as we call it, was 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 massive, and you know, a lot of these people uh, had no sort of choice; they just had to stop working. Um, so. As we start to move into the holiday season now, uh, it'll be interesting to see how people figure that out and then march into next year. But, you know, uh, yeah. just a sideline to what we talk about. So. <laughs> it's true. Oh, yeah. But it does it does affect things in, in our world. And, of course, we're based in L.A. So Absolutely. so I think the biggest news this week was OpenAI's Dev Day mm -hmm. and the number of bombshells that got dropped in a row yes. during Sam Altman's keynote. Um, I mean, it was almost too much. Uh, first of all, they're going to open their own app store yeah. uh, so developers and individuals can train models and sell them. They're called GPTs. I heard, you know, just like Obi-Wan Kenobi, you heard the death of the planet Alderaan. So I heard uh, about a thousand startups go up in flames. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and Altman said in an interview, a Q&A that Alex Heath attended uh, afterwards said, I mean, I'm sorry, you guys went really early. And did you think we weren't going to do this? <laughs> so, you know, going forward, expect us to act like Microsoft and Google and all of the big platforms. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the, the level of fascination that I think a lot of people were tracking and watching as it was in real time sort of delivered the news that we are going to be our own ecosystem now. We are going to be building and and offering you know these <laughs> to your point these little micro universes that people can build upon and we're gonna you know have an ownership stake in all of it um pretty interesting 
Yeah, 50, 50, 50, baby. Yeah, yeah. So if you thought you were going to get rich reselling, <laughs> reselling chat GPT, it is not going to work that way. Yeah, yeah. And, it, you know, I keep I keep coming back to that point. We've used this term a number of times, the fox in the hen house, right, <laughs> is is the, the the relative strength of who's creating. Those, maybe, the, you know, yeah. Those, those guys are really smart. I mean, that's, this is just really superb management. Um, Sam Altman has, you know, the Y Combinator experience of having looked at thousands of business plans. Uh, and uh, he's a very, very impressive and entrepreneurial guy. So uh, he's, you know, like a Tim Cook level going to steer, uh, drive the industry, I think, for years. Um, the other things that they announced were pretty big just on their own. Um an upgraded version of GPT-4 that will allow you to upload up to 300,000 pages, right? It was yeah. limited, I think, to 3,000 words. Now it's 300,000 words. Yeah. And and the, with the average book being like 50,000 words. So, you you know, you can down, upload War and Peace now uh, to train ChatGPT. Right. And, so, and, Charlie, and they lowered Charlie, their prices. And they lowered their prices. They lowered their prices because they're going for bigger scale. And Charlie, would you think that that sort of let's open the model to a much, much bigger uh, sort of input was uh, a direct result of what Anthropic is doing and the uh, investments that both Google and Amazon made there? Because it seems like the, the, the battle of the titans now it looks to me like ChatGPT, OpenAI, and Anthropic as the ex-OpenAI guys that started their universe. And I, I'm just curious if you think that that's a, that was a telling sign. I think we're going to see a few, you know, this is to me, this is about a larger battle uh, of who's going to own your personal AI, mm. who's going to be your co-pilot. And it has nothing to do with XR or anything else, although uh, there's a strong argument that it's going to be just voice. I don't think there's much privacy or practicality in that, but we'll we'll see. Yeah. Um, you know, the two things happened this week that were related to that. Uh, one was Musk's announcement that um, XII is going to create a chatbot called Grok. Mm -hmm. If you remember the old Robert Heinlein novel. I'm trying uh, to grok it right now, Charlie. <laughs> exactly. So it means sort of a deep understanding and deeply empathizing Uh you know, so, uh, uh, you know, of course, it's also going to be naughty and saucy. <laughs> yeah, it was some of the terminology they were using. I mean, I guess, you know what, as much as there's a part of me that feels all kinds of trepidation, there's a certain value to the let it be what it's going to be. And, you know, buyer beware, user beware, it it, it is going to have a different ethical code and different different ethical standard. And while, yes, of course, that can be dangerous and go down some dark roads, just like Twitter went down some dark roads and continues to in various ways, um, maybe there's good that comes out of that, too. You know, the, the, the idea of open communication needs to be open, right? I, I guess, except, I mean, is Twitter's a real-time news feed from Twitter um, being fed into an AI model that, that also has, like OpenAI, um, extensive knowledge of the real world so you know the pro the problem is of course that uh the twitter news feed uh, is incorrect biased and even malicious at times right so what does x think of that because can it tell you know what is sort of froth and you know political craziness and what is really 
you know, current events that are of importance. I, I just don't, you know, because Twitter is a mix of the frivolous and the profound. That was always the, kind of the fun of it. So I get that he wants to have less guardrails so that it's more open like Twitter and you, people can use bad words and and talk about highly charged topics. But that team, to me seems very different than feeding data into something that you want to have an understanding of the world, unless you think understanding the world by that you also mean understanding bad actors and understanding uh, prejudice and and understanding the real bias in the world and and the tension yeah. between ethnic groups and history and I just uh, I don't know that seems like a lot for an AI. Well, and and maybe you're you're almost touching on on the core of the concern and the answer is as we and other people in our field and people that we interface with talk about Twitter, and I think it's really hard to call it X, you know, it's just Twitter <laughs> is that entity, right? We all have sort of a baseline knowledge of the level of nonsense and bullshit that floats around in it. And we have an acceptance and understanding that, that we have to self-navigate that, right? Which is why largely there are people like me that just completely stay away from the platform other than you send me a nugget, I read it, but I have no interest in- Well, it, it, it drives platform. you it drives you away. I mean, engagement right. has kind of disappeared. So, right. you know, without engagement, I mean, it's everybody I know has left. It's, it's a sad and empty place that I experience. I recognize everybody has their own network, right. but, but at least the tech world that I follow uh, is uh, moved over to threads and Instagram. I don't, I, I know there are a lot of AI people on Twitter right now. We'll see if that stays. I've got to go where the people are. That's my job. So yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that's, I, let's see what really happens because Elon has a way of uh, saying things like he's going to have a cage fight with Mark Zuckerberg and, and it never comes true. It's just part of his ongoing rhetoric. Uh, so also in this world, and also related to this idea of co-pilots, is the AI pin from Humane, which is finally... Yeah, which I think is really interesting. I, I'm finding some degree of fascination of just because you and I are always thinking about and asking about, is there a different interface? Is there a different experience than a small little magic mirror device that we hold and look down at at a 45 degree angle um, that has universally you know, become an accepted form of computer interface right and daily interface so the idea that at least someone's experimenting with someone different something different is is high level of fascination and intrigue to me so and it I does, think a lot of other people so it doesn't connect to the smartphone mm -hmm. it's 700 bucks doesn't connect and you have to, to pay for a service you have to pay well, for it's its 24 dollars a month to, right. for t-mobile but it comes with unlimited cloud storage and unlimited chat gpt mm -hmm. it's a voice uh, operating system so a lot of people are freaking out about that because of our history with Siri and to a certain extent, Alexa. Um, presumably this is better. Yeah. Uh, you have less privacy because you have to speak out loud. Uh, but the idea of you know being uh, heads up and hands free again uh, is it, you know that's a compelling value proposition. The pin has sensors built into it. It has some awareness of the world. It it's going to learn from what you do. Uh, so uh, it has tremendous potential. Also, if it's at all good, it, you know they'll. It, it's like Apple Watch. There'll be a hundred AI pins uh, next year. And and visually, you effectively hold up your hand in front of it, and it will project onto your hand of course the question is how well does that work outside 
uh, and you know the fidelity and you know. Well, and are you gonna really want to do it? Yeah, who knows, right? Um, the so interface. the yeah. the thing is, it's it's tiny. It's like uh, probably two inches by two inches. So it, I mean, it's it'll it'll be visible. Yeah. And I guess you'd see, clip it on with a magnetic clip onto your pocket or your um, shirt or wherever. So uh, interesting, okay. interesting, yeah. interesting. Oh, you know, I didn't pimp the guest at the top of the show. Oh, we uh, should. He's a good yeah, friend. Mike, Michael Beneville, who's the co-founder and chief creative officer of Area 15. Uh, he's also a creative artist in his own right. Uh, Area 15 is, uh, if you haven't heard of it, it's an entertainment destination in Las Vegas. Uh, that features Omega Mart from Meow Wolf and uh, a number of other themed attractions inside of one giant Amazon warehouse scale building uh, where they also have live events and concerts and, you know, do things to attract local people. It's not a strip thing. It's like an anti-strip thing. It's on the other side of 15. So, you know, not a 15 or 20 minute cab ride from the strip, but, uh, you know, Las Vegas is... Uh, got a lot more to do there every year now they have the sphere yeah it's a lot of fun area 15 is is a, a passion point for me and i've been there many times and done many fun things there there's a, an area called a, a luminarium which is like this massive multi-projection multi-nodal projection environment they do different types of shows there there are virtual reality attractions and uh, themed dinner things and uh, of course our friends at meow wolf have one of their uh, sort of flagship experiences there so it's michael's a really interesting all right so we'll we'll get to michael in a second let's all speed through the rest of the news god it was such a busy week well the one i want to make sure we we don't forget to talk about because i i've tried it out and i imagine you have too is this lip dub thing which is well really... you know i wrote a story on it this week mm -hmm. and uh so it's uh you know it's puts it puts words in your mouth so it's like normal dubbing but it uses ai to shape your lips so not only is it voice cloning but it is ai to create lip sync yeah and to your point about that uh kind of you know altman universe 2.0 where all these kind of apps and app things are going to be built upon various versions of ai and, and synthesized um, sort of technology um, that has largely been a realm of kind of professional services companies that are looking to kind of you know enter into that world of dubbing and subtitles and find an economic model there well and they're then... they're making money uh because social media influencers are using their products they're right. most most of them are app based um the company that that put together what's called lipdub it's a free app you can get it in the uh, app store uh, it does about one minute of translation with lip sync uh, at a time. Obviously, for commercial customers, they do more. Mm -hmm. And it's free. So try it out. Send it to your friend uh, or someone you know in a foreign country and blow their mind. Yeah. You know, this, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. So our friends at Spatial are now adding games, right? This is the next logical step for them to kind of turn into Roblox. Yeah. What do you think? You think they, they have a shot at it? Well, you know, this company has had so many pivots. I'm honestly starting to get dizzy hanging around with them. <laughs> um, but they announced earlier this year this integration with Unity, which makes it very easy for developers to bring uh, 3D worlds onto their platform. Uh, it is kind of a grown-up version of Roblox. So that's the way it's evolved. And I, I think, you know, these are pay-for games, but they're all web-based. Uh, and uh, you can do VR, but they're really focusing on 2D, um, mm -hmm. just like Roblox and, um, you know, the other uh, big metaverse platforms. So 
Uh, anyway, MetaFirst not dead. Pretty crowded market though. We'll see if yes. it. Uh, we'll see if it finds out. Our, our friends at InWorld uh, made a deal with Xbox, so they're going to be bringing their uh, AI technology to um, you know their AI driven NPCs to Microsoft games. And now that that um, deal has closed with uh, Activision Blizzard, that could be a big news item that just got kind of buried there. Yeah, I think that was actually very smart. Uh, of, of our friends over there to to sort of move into that world because yeah. that's where they can get scale and they can get some stability and you know start to sort of continue to engineer and build that product into something that makes sense the, the um, games industry is so huge this is could be very very impactful i think um and then the the last thing i just want to end in, on the note that my old boss at disney jeffrey katzenberg of um, you, you know, DreamWorks fame uh, was at a Bloomberg conference in Singapore, of all places, and he just went on a tear about how AI is basically going to replace all the animators and a movie that took 500 people five years to make is now going to be made by five people in five months. Yeah, it certainly created quite an uproar <laughs> uh, in multiple parts of our industry. Um, you know, I think the point he's trying to make is actually relevant and likely somewhat correct is that of course technology finds ways to add efficiencies right and he's really kind of making reference to the early days of disney animation and the amount of hand-drawn uh yeah. work and, and the amount of people that were required to run the animation machines and scale everything and you know run all those things and then eventually they learned how to use computers to do all that um but it didn't really lower the workforce it just enabled well, more people to think. do more creative interesting that's, things and increase fidelity you know yeah. and increase output. It, it, it we make better movies with the quote-unquote savings it never actually becomes savings uh, mm -hmm. that would be a different hollywood but you never know i mean it may be different this time yeah yeah it was just um, interesting for yeah sure. yeah so morning here, here comes michael how are you wait wait where, where the hell's my camera <laughs> Hang on a second. There we are. Right. Hi, how are you? Welcome nice to the you. show. Damn, it's awesome. We we've been waiting to get you on this show for forever and a half, like six months. <laughs> I'm uh I was just trying to squeeze into your schedules, guys. Uh I know, but when we meet interesting people, we say come on the show. And at the end of the day, you have a, a list going six months into the future. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, can you hear me all right? We all yeah, set? you sound great. I love your good mic. As you see, we're trying to up our audio game. I've got Ted and I have better mics going. I have headphones on. So do you. Thank you. This is this is one of those COVID things we had to get. You know, it was the, the, For the uh, small amount of people that are watching on video. I have that exact same mic. <laughs> <laughs> one day it's going to be one of you know. Were you alive at this age? And they'll show a picture of that. And think, oh yeah, that's yeah. that 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 hits a chord. Right. Let's start on a personal note, Michael. How is fatherhood treating you? Fatherhood is uh, surreal, um, illuminating. You know, I have a three-year-old now and a three-month-old, and uh, it's just incredible. But, you know, uh, I, I was watching my three-year-old son at the little Santa Monica Airport Museum the other day, and I know we talk about planes and things. He was literally walking on the undercarriage of this jet and calling out all the parts and pieces the you know, the bolts, these are the lights. This is, <laughs> this, you know, it was, he was literally doing a, a check on a plane. Um, and it's incredible. It's incredible. So thank you for asking. How are you both? How's how's your health, Ted? Everything good. Is yeah, good. I'm I'm back in action for those that listen you were back in action. We, we saw each other like a day and a half after you got out of the hospital <laughs> and went into VR. It's true. It's yeah. true. Yeah. 
So, um, Michael, tell us about the, we were talking a little bit about Area 15 in our introduction to you. Uh, when when you go on things like podcasts and people ask you to describe Area, Area 15, what is the elevator pitch for it? How do you explain it? Well, Area 15 is a, it, it's a, it's a, it's a box of imagination, truly. It's a place that you can step into and step out of your world. Uh, you know, at the same time, it is a um, an amalgamation of all kinds of wonderful um, VR and AR and technological and non-technological experiences um, that has a human touch. It really is about people being together, but then it's about accelerating them into 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 other worlds. I think it's agnostic to medium, really, um, or person. It's I think it's a uh, or we think and we've experienced that it's not a really a demographic based place. It's a psychographic based place. And by day you'll have, you know, families and kids. And by night you've got you know, raves happening and things like that. It's, it really is a mashup. I, I think it's a, for me, I mean, I'll answer it personally. Um, for me, it's a step in the direction of how all of these technologies and how all of our technology comes together and how we can experience it, which is fundamentally the work of, what a creative has to do is to to encounter technology and then to craft it and turn it into something which is experienceable um, and meaningful, right? So I'm not giving you really the the answer that that that's maybe the tagline. Um, I'm saying what it is for me. I think when I was a kid, the places that really changed me were Epcot and, and, you know, these places where I got to see things before the rest of the world experienced them and, um, and, and seeing them 10 years or 15 years before anybody really uh, got to experience them on their phones, et cetera, just set me up in a, in a way. And so creatives today, or at least this creative, or at least my team, we have to be midwives to a process that's affecting the entire planet. And I think, the way that we're most of us are affected is that we're scared. Um, I'm not. I'm not scared, but it's because you know I'm like you guys. I get to swim in a bath of it. I can be terrified. That at the same time, I'm not scared, right? I, I could see all the the darkest evolution of it all, but I'm optimistic and hopeful that actually the world gets to be a better place. And I'd like to think that Area 15 is one of the stepping stones in that process, sort of a, a gentle bath before you just are thrown into the mix of it and a place where you can experience all kinds of different uh, creative forces and technological forces working as one. We have amazing partners and, and groups. I think of, you know, Chris Wink and uh, who has Wink World and Meow Wolf and, you know, each, each and every one of these things is a, both a, a tactile experienceable moment and just technologically basic and wondrous at the exact same time. So well, Long Michael, what, answer to your question. What I think is really interesting about the the experience, uh, you know, because I've been connected to it since the very, very beginning, you know, pre-breaking ground and watching you guys commit to a vision and commit to an idea. What was so intriguing to me in the early stages is that you and the team there were very honest about the fact that you didn't know if it was actually going to work. You had a belief structure. You had a passion for it. But you were very open to like, we're going to put this into place. You know, we've got this huge pad of land and all this kind of warehouse level space. And we're going to try and turn it into something different. It's a little bit off the strip. So it's not in sort of Vegas central. So people have to know about it and find it and go to it. 
And remarkably, it worked and it worked really, really well. And people gravitated towards it, found it, found a love and lore. And now it looks like you're continuing to expand on it. Maybe you can talk about some of the things you're going to add in the next year or two uh, because it's growing, right? Quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, thank you for the for the kind words. You're you're so right too. We when we were creating it, we did not want to be prescriptive. Um, we didn't. We don't. We still don't know why the building exists, what its purpose is. We're discovering that, and from a narrative standpoint, that's really useful to us. It means that by design, by intention, we didn't come up with our whole backstory. All we know is that some nefarious bunker building agency built the place. It wasn't creatives. You know? And and so knowing, not knowing and knowing has been a very important part of the DNA. Um, for instance, not knowing which VR technologies people will will um, really sink their teeth into and care about and adopt. You know, we we have lots of different companies there who are represented in VR, two or three or four or something like that, maybe, yeah, at, at different points. And that's that's important because it just means that we can flex with the times and that we can um, we can we can grow and adapt as we grow. So that, that's important. Um, that part about uh, not knowing, I think, is is one of the most important tools that uh, an artist and a creative can use. I'm not sure it applies as well to technological pursuits. I'd like to think it's part of the scientific method, just being humble enough to not think that you know at the outset. Yeah. You have an idea, but uh, but but you got to you got to adjust as you go. Well, I also yeah. think it's I also think it's interesting, you know, you mentioned that it it's not all uh internally built IP and deliverables. You actually have a bunch of different creatives from a lot of different companies all around the world that come and uh, and, and sort of bring their stuff to you and then you curate it and allow it to sort of to sort of flourish. So you get a lot of different points of view and a lot of different creative ideas sort of floating around in the space because there's multiple yeah. things uh, that are that are kind of running and they're all running independently uh, under your umbrella, but running independently, which is kind yeah. of interesting. Yeah. Uh, are you planning uh, um, to... Sorry, go ahead. Well, I actually I didn't answer your 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 softball question, Ted, which was so kind of you to ask about the uh, the next, expansion the of Area thing Fifteen. That's coming. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, if, if I you know um, on Letterman, you used to have to wait for Letterman to ask you about the movie. Okay. <laughs> Just be interesting up until that point. Um, but uh, but thanks for asking about it. Yeah, Area Fifteen has a, a crazy exciting expansion happening right now, doubling the size of the campus. Really, as in Vegas. Than, in Vegas, yeah. Yeah, um, we have 450,000 square feet of um, customizable retail that'll be happening there. There are there's the 747. We have a 747 that uh, that that has made its way from you know Burning Man over the years, then to um, the Tony Shea, um, sadly, uh, and then has finally found a home, or will finally find a home in in, in Area 15's district, um, and that's going to be incredible. And a 747, by the way, when you really look at it, or you're standing next to it, is 30, 32 feet high, something like it's, yeah. it's as tall as our first building, which is a yeah. big building. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's coming. And, and then in a, it's incredible. Also, we have um, universal. Uh, right. saying, that was the softball I was teeing up for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're doing their horror experience right there, which is going to be just. Uh, and it'll be year round, time. right? The idea is that year... you'll experience horror year round. Exactly. Yes, right. Right. Every yeah. day is Halloween. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, that's right. Horror, so, un horror unleashed they are calling it <laughs> so you're when is that opening by the way 
we don't have an, a date yet, but uh, if you were driving by right now, you would see cement being poured and walls will be going up soon. So it's pretty exciting. Now you're expanding into Orlando also. Mm -hmm. And how is it similar and how is it different? What things have you changed? What things have you added? Um, life is like a stack of pancakes, ain't it? You know, you I mean, for burn, example, is Meow burn, Wolf. You get to burn the first few. Is, is Meow <laughs> yeah. Wolf coming to Orlando with you also? We shall see. We shall see. Um, the land is there. The land's amazing. We are, we're, we've got it designed, the building itself. Um, but I think right now, strategically, just especially with this environment, it's been wiser for us to look at at, at Vegas, where we are currently, um, to expand there. Because we last year, I mean, guys, we had 3.5 million people visited. It was, I mean, it's was really staggering for us because it yeah. that, that made it the number one oh, attraction, right. attraction in America. It, it, I was going to say you're you were uh, you won an award. You were in a category with Smithsonian museums. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like the Met and everything like that. So, so as an attraction, that doesn't that's not theme parks, but but it's it was big. Three and a half million people is a lot of people. So it just it makes sense right now with this current environment. I think the opportunity is really to expand there. And to you know, keep our team. We're the you know we're the idea is seven years old, but the team, the place itself is three years old. We are in our first steps. The moment that we truly expand to other places will mean that we have to spawn, uh, you know, something that's very, very you know, going to be a real challenge and a, and a great one. But mm -hmm. I think I think the exercise of expanding in Vegas is strategically what we want to do right now and focus on. Yeah. So, so in other words, uh, you guys are kind of slow walking Orlando at the moment. It's happening. It's happening, you know, but, uh, and, and, and I think we've taken it to the place that we need to sort of pencils down, ready to, ready to pop. So it just is one of those things. So the theme park convention, IAPA. Yes, that's uh, coming right up. Takes takes place right after Thanksgiving, I think, or week uh, first week uh, of December. It's before Thanksgiving. Oh, right before it, Thanksgiving. it is before Thanksgiving this year. Um, are you going? I went, uh, what's it, two years ago? I'm not going this year. I have some conflicts that keep me away. I I really loved it, though. It was my first time uh, to, to, to IAPA. Uh, but the team is going. Area 15 will be there in in uh, in, in in real presence. Uh, yeah, and I was kind of the opposite. I went last year. I can't go this year. I'll go. It's kind of an every other year thing for me. It seems right. Like every years. <laughs> it's so, it's incredible. I mean, it's I, just so expensive. I, if you see me, if you see me at IAPA, somebody is paying me to be there. <laughs> that is um, true me as well <laughs> but uh but it's it's a lot of fun it's the yeah. theme park for people who don't know what it is it's i forget what it stands for it stands for it's the attractions uh convention it's for family entertainment centers but you have big the big theme parks there's been a lot of recent consolidation uh six flags bought i yeah, think it, uh, it's where you go to see turnkey rides that you can customize and skin, and they have sections of roller coasters there, and there's scent machines, and, and there's they're just they're all kinds of everything you need. Machines, acres of moon bounces, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, giant, you know, zero gravity things that are <laughs> four stories tall, and yeah. uh, it's a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and also a, a mad mob scene. There's like twenty five thousand people there. Yeah, mm. it's a big industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, it's great. So that's uh, I, I I love that part of what um, what what the studio does um, with and, and Area 15 in particular. It's a it's such an amazing project, and it really 
it allows you to look at the world through a, a, a fascinating lens. Yeah. So, so Michael, through through that lens, because you know you and me and Charlie have the same kind of passion around technology as it relates to people having fun, right, and engaging mm -hmm. in things. Are there certain things? This is another. Let's call this a. Let's call this a. This, this is a, a two seam curveball, right? It's, mm, okay. <laughs> it's not right. a softball. It's an interesting <laughs> question because I'm very curious as to where you go with it. Um, are there certain technologies or certain technology directions that you're excited about or more excited about than others for the future of these themed attractions and sort of these things we used to call rides and ride experiences that are, you know, putting you in your, in your creative cycles? Like what, what gets you excited about where Area 15 can be in the next five to seven years in terms of the, the visual quality of, of experiences that maybe you haven't been able to deploy yet? Is there anything that's kind of getting you excited about? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, impossible to answer that question without, you know, you can't answer that question without AI, 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 you know, and, 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 and all of the, uh, the pieces of that. Although I have, I have real, um, I have a fascinating internal debate with myself about it, just because of the way my creative process is. Uh, about AI? Things. Yeah, yeah. Um, how I use it, when I'll use it, what I think it'll mean. Um, it's just, you know, it, it's incredible. Um, we used it this morning, <laughs> it, but, um, let's see. It's a great question. Um, well, again, my, my role in my, you know, Benville studios has many different clients and several big projects that we're always working on and new ones coming in at any given point in time. And, on some levels, our, our our business is thousands of years old. You know, we we were just we're just monks who transcribe one one story from the past into the latest technology, and it went from you know vellum to paper to <laughs> digital to the new paintbrush. Yeah, the new paintbrush, etc. Um, so so what I what I do need to do always is to scan the world and see emerging technologies, and then think about how how they become experienceable. It's kind of a kicked us off at the beginning. I think that, um, I, you know, I mean, Ted, you and I are, are connected uh, through, through Vadim. Um, and that is, that's something which I've been working on for hmm, six or seven years, but really intensely for the last three, when it all will truly take. The, so we should, know, we, we should give people a little sense of that. The idea of, yeah, you know, yeah. most everybody in the world has a physical wallet in their pocket or their purse mm -hmm. when they're sort of moving through their day. And the idea this sort of long-term dream and vision of a digital wallet that holds your assets and moves along with you and you can access them and, and execute them at a place like Area 15 where you store things, build things. You know, it's, it's a bit like how we use frequent flyer miles and, and, and mm. other ways that have no physical property uh, represented, even credit cards themselves, right? Yeah, they and not, and represented not a, as a digital entity. Exactly. Uh, and not necessarily your crypto head wallet. It's not where you're storing your, your net worth, right. uh, well, your net you know, monetary worth. It's really, it's where your tokens are, your ways of getting into places, your loyalty, all of these things. So right. we just executed something with iHeart at their um, iHeart, uh, at their iHeart Festival in Vegas, where um, they pivoted this year from what was used to be their traditional day festival and did a, um, a thing called House of Music. Which, wearing my iHeart hat, I had a hand in designing the physical piece of House of Music, a hand in it. Um, and then wearing my Vadim hat, we were able to use Vadim as the connective digital tissue that could lead you from experience to experience. And it's that intersection where 
that I'm most interested in is when when the digital plane meets the physical plane. Yeah. Um, I had a sculpting teacher uh, in college who who used to point at the you know point at the your bicep and then point at the uh, your um, you know your forearm, and he'd say any asshole can 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 uh, can carve this or this, you know. But you get to the elbow, that's a very interesting thing because mm -hmm. it's a transition. In architecture, it's the moment that you leave the street and you pass into the building. It's the it's in in life, it's the moment that you were suddenly you were in love and now you've been told that you're that that, that she doesn't love you anymore. Um, these are these transitional moments, and they're they're where the you know where the the tire hits the road. It's the it's the moment of acceleration. It is that it's that, and so so I think that for me in my work. I need something that is Vadim or something very much like Vadim to happen because what we did with iHeart was fantastic. You were able to move through House of Music. You were able to go into, you know, Lenny Kravitz's little immersive world or Miley Cyrus's little immersive thing. And by little, I just mean, you know, a, a tunnel and a tube that you walk through to have an experience with a robotic art camera arm or something like that. But as you were moving through it, you were scanning QR codes, you were collecting tokens and all of these kinds of things. And as you move through the physical experience. So Vadim is a, a mobile app. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's many things, but it, it works on mobile, computers, VR, all kinds of different things. It's a it's a platform for engaging in um, in uh, in Web3 that's very, very wide. This particular application of it was to move people, uh, again, through a place in a way that they could collect points and hearts and all of these things, and then in real time be rewarded with backstage passes, tickets to the show. You know, you'd, you'd get a notification that just said, hey, you've, you've collected X number of hearts, you've moved through all of the different uh, things, you went and experienced M&Ms, Yellowtails, and T-Mobile, you're now qualified to do such and such a thing. It's another digital layer, Charlie, that allows you to kind of bridge the physical and the digital. Experience. Exactly, exactly. And so it's it, it all of the bugs of this is be, are being worked out. Um, but so that's that's one thing, Ted, that is it, that there are a lot of things in my mind that come and go. Yeah, do I want holograms? Of course, I want holograms. Do I want these? A lot. But but foundationally, you know, columns, pillars. One thing that I one thing that I really need is that I need the wallets and people to be able to move through um, digital worlds and physical worlds at the same time. Right. All right, so let, let's take this yeah. in a slightly different direction, okay. <laughs> Charlie, and see if this works for you yeah. as, a, as a transition into the next piece of the discussion. You mentioned, you, you sort of, you know, brushed over it, but you mentioned Epcot as a very inspirational place for you. Yeah. Today, in your world today, what are the rides and attractions? Because you do what I do, and I'm sure Charlie, <laughs> we go to these places as, as research and development, right, mm. in, our, in our job. That excuse to be kids still. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Kids will always be kids, right? What yeah. what rides and attractions? Because I certainly have mine that are that are sort of you know have literally moved me to a new place in my mm -hmm. logical. Oh, this is going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> what What are the things that excite the hell out of you? Uh, and you're like, this is the future of attractions. Like this is amazing. The things that you've seen recently that have you know either rocked or semi rocked a little bit of your world when you see things because you're you're lensy you have massive amounts of experience and cycles in this so mm. learning from someone like you what the things you would go on first after you've seen them or recommend to others is a really interesting question 
recently is the is the key doesn't that even have to be yeah. recently if it's something that's just inspirational you know, sure well i mean I'll, I'll start with i'll start with the things that have that really nailed it in my my mind in terms of just experiential not just rides but just worlds right world creation um and certainly when we set out to create area 15 the landscape which you might think was vast was tiny there was very very little uh that we could actually bring in i mean meow wolf was nascent but really happening um so that were there and there's team labs in in tokyo which was just unbelievable right. um that that really that did blow my mind i i loved team labs i loved wading up to my knees in the koi pond and the waterfall and ascending and i, I went with my mom who was living in tokyo at the time and and she has um she's such a trooper she's turning 80 in january but she has had really severe rheumatoid arthritis and we got okay. to this, we got up the waterfall. Put the boots got, on and let's go. Exactly. Then we got into this sort of nerf kind of gelatinous mogul field that you had to get over. And because yep. it's very difficult for her to move on that, we really only, it took us a long time to get through. And at times we were just lying on our back, laughing and laughing and laughing because we couldn't, we couldn't get through the obstacle. The best um, part about entertainment when you yeah. can find that. Yeah, and then with a huge tip of the hat, um, because the announcement just came out recently that after 13 or 14 years, um, Sleep No More in New York City is mm. um, is uh, is is closing. I don't believe it. They've been threatening to close since they opened, so yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. But um, but so that that's reaching into the the past of things, and, and I'd also say Delagorda, um, Fresa Bruta, all mm. of those shows that happened on Astor Place, which were which just mm -hmm. were astonishing to me. I, and I used to bring, I lived, uh, my studio is still based in New York City, 27 years there. And Astor Place is where in Flatiron. So I would, anybody who was visiting, I would take to see De La Guarda or Fresa Bruta on a Tuesday night and say, yeah, this is what we do every night in New York. You know, like, so <laughs> so those were, those were in, in, in really amazing things. Um, I also love really, really old rides. I mean, I, I go to Disney a lot. I just now with the, you know, a three-year-old who can really start to appreciate it. I, and then this sounds corny, but I'm always blown away by the Carousel of Progress. And yeah, me too. Uh, you know, it's just such a great ride. Uh, I love, I mean, I'm in you know, Small World for everything that it is. It's the prototype of 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 all of it. So well, there's a but, uh, there's a um, a show on Disney Plus called Behind the Attraction that I'm sure mm. you know about it have seen. And it, yeah, yeah, and yeah. and they they do an episode on the Haunted Mansion, and it just brings back and evokes all these memories about mm. how amazing that attraction was and the history of why it was built and how it was built and it, it it's just for our listeners it's a fantastic watch if you like this kind of themed entertainment it it just it brings you right there to how yeah. great that was and yeah. still continues to be years later you know it's amazing so and of course who could not mention the sphere at this moment in time mm. i mean in terms yeah. of and I get to say that um, um, while I was invited uh, by a friend to go to the opening night, my son's birthday was the next day, and uh, and I didn't go. I'm actually going to be seeing it uh, this weekend with um, um, with uh, future storytelling Charlie Melcher and his his gang. Do you know? Oh, yeah, no, Charlie. yeah, Charlie's great. So so that'll be uh, that'll be exciting. But um, Looking at the outside of the sphere just just blows my mind. We were staying at the wind, and uh, my, again with my son looking out uh, at this at this ball, ball. It's just fantastic. But I haven't really answered your question. Um, I haven't really answered your question of what it's just knocked my socks off recently. Hmm. 
Okay, you don't have to answer every question. No, well, yeah, yeah. Here's 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 a different different well, tack. I, I will say it's not it I, I do think the humane or the little pin lapel pin that was announced yesterday. Yeah, we're not. In, I, I don't know whether they're available, available next available. week. This morning. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty staggeringly interesting stuff. I mean, that's uh, you'd think that's one of those moments where they took uh, they took uh, Jean-Luc Picard's, uh, you know, um, little thing and, and really pin, yeah. and communicator pin and did so much more with it. than. than, than well, I would just I say I, I would say I am cautiously optimistic. Yeah. I'm a little afraid that it's Martin Scorsese in the back of a cab with Siri doing all the things that Siri could never do mm. and still can't do. <laughs> I believe that. So it's a voice-driven operating system. I yeah. mean, the battle for owning your personal co-pilot it's a huge mm -hmm. deal it's it's, huge. it's bigger than owning your email or you know it's 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 so uh, you know i don't think this will be the only thing that we see and but mm. i do think this will help us understand whether or not a voice operating system is really gonna work well and i wonder that charlie too because i found now we're all on zooms I'm not sure that a person who's 22 years old today could be on a conference call with 30 people and make sense of the cacophony. I, I'm not. I'm not convinced of that. So being able to la navigate this the soundscape is is extraordinarily important. Um, so there's that. And then the other thing that I thought was interesting. I mean, I immediately thought when they were doing the you know the hand motions and things like that that it's a little like a Palm Pilot, you know. Um, mm. You have to. There's a whole language, but which I I adopted, and I I still know that language. Mm. But you, it's not it's not um, a super intuitive. I mean, I've got AirPods. You know, I don't know. I I know how to turn them on and off. I don't use the 59 things I could probably do with my fingers. Doesn't mean that I use it that way. So 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 that'll be interesting. That'll be so. But one. But I guess yeah. Being one, able one, to yeah. Oh, I, I, well, I was just say we have we have just a couple of minutes okay. left, mm -hmm. and so I wanted to ask you one last thing related to Area 15. Sure. Right. The world is changing. The world of real estate is changing. Many malls in the country continue to be the center of community, but not the center of commerce anymore. So one imagines that those malls, those buildings, are going to evolve, and they already are evolving. Are, are we going to see? all of that empty square footage taken up by things that are more entertainment and experience oriented or, you know, cause, cause, you know, entertainment sold in a mall has traditionally not done well. Mm -hmm. Partly because it, I did a mall tour. <laughs> yeah, it, it depends, you know, because it depends on local yeah. people. So mm -hmm. local people aren't going to come into your VR arcade over and over again, mm -hmm. especially because the people who are interested in it have already used it or have it at home. Yeah, and your tourist isn't visiting the mall unless it's the mall of America. You know, it, it the, the, the tourist might need a pair of socks, but it's usually not the number one destination in well, the town. My destination visiting. for a pair of socks is Amazon.com. And, <laughs> and there you go. And there you go. Uh, Charlie, the pads are, of, of course, extraordinarily um, important and useful. The fact that there's electrical and sewage and all of those things that runs to the place. Um, I'm a creative guy, and I've been asked many times over the years, what would you do with this empty Macy's? Um, what would you do with this empty mall? Exactly. And the, the pro problem is, is that they were, they, they were wonderful-ish in the 80s and 90s because they solved that problem. They don't really solve the, I think, 
in my mind. It's not to say that somebody can't come in and sort of creatively skin it all, but but you're having to you're adapting to something which doesn't which doesn't lend itself to the sorts of things that are being built. For instance, there are columns that are every fifteen or fifteen or twenty feet. It's a forest of things, which is great when you're selling you know retail clusters and things can go around the columns. But if you're you're building a show. Or, or you need ceiling height. You need a great big ceiling. You want double the height that you would normally have in a retail. So the answer is, could you take over a whole mall? Yeah, I suppose so. But again, maybe you would build the, the you know, dystopian mall with all of the places. But it's the building is what it is. The adaptive use of something like that for the future is a noble cause, but a very challenging one because it's architecturally pretty uninteresting. That's not not for all of them, um, but for a lot of them, which I hate knocking things down, but I'm yeah. not I'm not, not opt I'm not optimistic about being able to, to I could I, I my friend Norma Kamali a long time ago to turn them into schools. I could I see them more as classrooms mm -hmm, and places mm -hmm. like that than yeah. than something that lends itself to making you feel like the swell of emotion as, as you're approaching something yeah. fair. <laughs> Michael, it has been great having you on the show. Uh, we've missed you. I have another outing for the three of us. Oh, we need to go to Sandbox VR before it's too late. Hell yeah. Absolutely. And they, and they have some new games there, including a squid game, uh, VR yes. squid game, which could be a lot of fun. Uh, so let's let's get that in the calendar. Um, let's do it before the year's out. I challenge okay. you. Okay. All right. <laughs> Imposs impossibly. All right. Look for my email. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. It's been great to have you on the show, Michael. Have a great weekend. Ted, same place, same time next, next Friday. Week, baby. Bye bye. Bye bye, gents. Thanks.